Welcome to the final episode of MDRT's Agency Principal Series, a five-part series featuring discussion about the state of the insurance industry. In this episode, hear how important a value proposition is in the independent space. Our participants are... Jim Pittman, Insurance Consulting Services. Brian Winnicott, I'm the President and CEO of Crump Insurance Services. Ben Nevigens, I'm the President at LifePro Financial Services. Tori Van Dusen Rose, Diversified Brokerage Services. Ryan Penny, Penny Insurance. Gonzalo Garcia from Agency One. These industry leaders explain how to differentiate your agency to attract the right advisors. We begin with a discussion about the perception that advisors are providing a commodity. Yeah, I, I struggle with um, the notion of commoditization because I actually think it's the opposite right now. I, I don't see commoditization in the industry in any way. There's more product out there than there ever was before, and there's more differences from those products than there ever were before. And the people who are selling them generally are providing holistic advisor. That's certainly the direction the industry is going, and that's certainly not a commodity-based delivery model. So. I think if you look back two or three decades when you had armies of people selling basically one product or two products one way or two ways, you're differentiating with your relationship and your personality, but you're selling a commodity product. Now, I really don't think so. But the challenge is then understanding how to talk about those products in a solution-oriented way, which we've discussed before, and providing value right to the consumer, providing value to the financial advisor in the process so that one doesn't feel commoditized. You know, if you, if you rewind to 2004, 2005, 2006, when a lot of the business that was being written was replacement business with GUL, that was a fairly commodity-oriented product. Term insurance is fairly commodity-oriented, but most of the premium in the industry is not term insurance, and today is not GUL either. Understanding exactly where IUL fits in the spectrum of risk-reward and trade-offs and, and all that kind of stuff is a value-add conversation to have, certainly not a commodity-oriented conversation to have, I think. I think you were looking at my notes. I completely agree. I mean, commoditization of services and products only happen if you let it. And to make sure it doesn't happen is, is demonstrating the enhanced value that these products and your services have. And that's you know, by pointing out the differences in the products that we have available today, whether it be product type or the additional really tremendous riders and, that you can add on to these products. And, and even pointing out some of the flaws in some products that are out there today. I guess I don't fear commoditization. I think, to your point, is the products, maybe they're commoditized, maybe they're not. I think there's some merit to what you said, uh, Brian. But I think where we see the commoditization is in the producer. Many producers and many BGAs lead with the same type of conversation. In the BGA world, I've got great commissions, superior underwriting, the best products, and, and excellent service. And if that's what we're leading with, we are no different than any of our peers, for that matter. There's, there's not a person sitting at this table who could not say the exact same thing. So we commoditize ourselves by the way we describe what we do or what we offer. I don't think it's a product commoditization necessarily. I think it's a, a con, from the consumer's perspective, what's the difference between agent A or agent B or carrier A or carrier B? For them, th there is no difference unless there's some differentiation that takes place. I mean, it's the, the analogy I, I like of this is commodities aren't bad. We buy them all the time. Think about how many times you've grabbed a soda at the checkout line at the grocery store. It's like a buck seventy for, or maybe, maybe two bucks for a 20-ounce soda, and you could walk back one aisle and get a two-liter bottle for 99 cents. So what is, what's the commodity there? The commodity is convenience. 
or doesn't fit in your cup holder, right? <laughs> so commodity isn't bad as long as we understand what it applies to. And you know, commodity applies to things like convenience, need, desire. I mean, when I go shopping, I walk into a store knowing what I'm going to buy. I walk right to it, I pick it up, and I leave. I think there's a lot of people who don't do that. And so they're, you know, they're browsing and they're not really sure. And so we have consumers that operate in both ways. So we have to be careful about how we differentiate ourselves and how we describe what it is that we as professionals are doing. And I think this goes back to your comment, Gonzalo, about you know, how, how is the typical advisor differentiating themselves and how are they explaining what they do and how do we help them? I mean, you don't want to be this big, giant organization because you're kind of going to more of a boutique process. That's fantastic. But you have to differentiate that for someone to actually buy into that process. When advisors have a great deal of choice in terms of the folks that they work with, how do you differentiate your value proposition? You need to convey your value proposition in a well thought out way and have everybody on the same page in your organization. And that's from the person answering the phone to the president or head of operations. Everybody needs to be speaking the same language as far as what your value proposition is. So have one and have it thought through and Absolutely. drive it deep into the organization. I agree, Tori, with what you said and pretty much everything you've said today. I think you've had a lot of good thoughts. So we're a little bit different than some of the businesses here because we play in a lot of different markets and the value prop that we have and the differentiation that we might have in one line of business is different than another. So we're not one size fits all. We're accumulation of, of different focused businesses. But I think two things that are most important. One, you have to know what you're good at right and understand what makes you differentiated in whatever market you're in and secondly and even more important is you got to listen to your clients and see what they need right whether it's an institution whether it be an individual and talk with them say hey you know what are you looking for what solutions and then back into hey does their need match up well with what I'm very good at right it may or it may not and if it doesn't you disengage or refer them out and if it does, then you could pretty clearly explain, hey, why am I really good at this, right? And you may be really good at more than one thing, so it doesn't have to be one answer that fits, but that's how we look at it, and that's where we've had success. Yeah, you gotta be willing to walk away from business because if it's not a good fit for your model, it's just gonna end in disaster, and, and you wanna be helping each other grow and be better for it, so it's best to fit those that fit your model. I think that's a key point that you just said, you have to be willing to walk away from business, and I think for a lot of people in our industry that they don't know how to do that. They're really scared of doing that. And what they don't understand is that by taking everything, by doing business with everybody or trying to do business with everybody, they're actually fragmenting their own business model and they're making it more difficult for them to be successful, whether that's at the BGA or the individual advisor level. And I think that's a really insightful comment because we don't always do that. And I'm sure everyone in this room can say they don't always walk away from it. And the few times that that's happened, it always comes back to where you're like, dang it, I should have just not even done that. And you learn from experience. I think we see that over time, but sometimes you get caught up in the, oh yeah, I want to make the sale too, because we're salespeople too. And I think that that's really tough to sometimes walk away, but I think it's really important. Yeah, the only thing that I would add is you have to be able to deliver. You can't open up your emails and not see a hundred emails of all these great shiny bells and whistles promising the next best thing. You look in the trade publications and we've all got ads in there and a lot of them, if you look at it, they say very similar things promising the world. 
but I think it's those organizations that actually deliver on them, that retain that business. Uh, and advisors, are they're independent. They can do business with who they want to. And if you're not doing a good job for them and you're not delivering on some of the promises, they figure that out pretty quick. And then that's why the retention is probably so bad. You have to be present. You have to stay engaged. And I think oftentimes some of the people in this business get distracted as well, just like everybody else does. And, and these producers have lots of demands put on their, by their clients, by the advisors that are referring clients to them. They need answers and they need support and they need action. So you have to be present. The other thing that I learned from a strategic coach a long time ago is say please and thank you, show up on time, do what you say you're going to do and finish what you started. It's not that hard. So you just have to build that kind of culture in your organization. You have to have the discipline to walk away from business. It's not fun to invite producers to take their business somewhere else, but why do it every year? I have to. I think you, you said a great thing, you're a strategic coach. If I can give any advice, if I'm in a position to give advice to anybody, it would be to make sure that you create your value proposition. And if you don't know how to go about that, seek out help. You know, we use consultants in our business every day and they're just so valuable. You can learn so much about yourself, about your organization, and about how to grow and be a better agency, be better business people. And so I think that that's really important is to seek out help. If you don't know how to go about creating your value prop and putting down to paper what you're really good at. I think that with that, and maybe as an extension of that, is having a mastermind or mentor or study group. I know in Tori's case and in Ben's case, we've been down to each other's agencies. We've shared information, technology, insights. I see them as friendly competitors. We do compete, but not really. And so when you look at that, I think it's a huge yeah. market and there's so many people Plenty who need insurance. It's like, you know, come on. And so I think when you look at it that way, the people who seem to be growing and prospering right now are the ones who have the open mindset of collaboration, of wanting to be mentored and be a mentor. And I think that when you kind of take that out and you put it into that unique value proposition, that's part of the proposition. I'm part of a study group that is a dozen agencies from all over the country who are doing similar things to what we're doing, but they do it in a different fashion. And we leverage each other's ideas and technologies and tools all the time because it helps us all be better. And I'm happy to share and, and they're happy to share. And so I think that when we're talking to advisors, I think that's a big value proposition to them when you talk about how are you unique or different. Thanks for listening. Find all of our episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes.